Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Drop the Mic. I am Darren Jenkins, your host. And this is a new one for me. I have not done something like this before in the the number of people, the quality of guests, the um, the, the liveness. Uh, I haven't done live in, in a little bit, not since before, during COVID, but I'm glad everybody's here and listening to this uh, episode because we are fortunate to have the director and the cast for Silent River, the film that everyone seems to be talking about in the, the festival circuit. Um, director Chris Chan Lee, uh, Wes Leong, and Amy Sang is here today. We could not, unfortunately, um, have Max uh, Fogno uh, join us, unfortunately, but it's not bad things because he got work, and that's always a good thing. Um, <laughs> But uh, thank you guys so much for for joining us on the on the podcast today. This is actually pretty cool. Thanks, Darren, for having us. We really appreciate uh, you know you bringing us on, and and we're excited about being on the show. So, well, let's start from the beginning. Well, actually, technically, the beginning for me and Chris was a, a while ago. Was. 2006 was it uh yeah a few years ago (laughs) yeah a few years ago it was a couple years ago it's not that long ago you know yeah you can't age us right um (laughs) and uh so so you obviously me and you have gone back we went back that far and um, i'm still you know amazed by that that project and glad was really happy to see that you um when i heard you were doing this that you were doing this because, you know, I like your work as a, as a director, as a writer. Yeah, I appreciate that. And as you know, of course, Phil Lamb, our executive producer yep. on this film, was also executive producer on Undoing and was instrumental to getting that off the ground. And I know uh, you guys work together in terms of coordinating to get us on this show. So um, he's been an invaluable collaborator throughout the entire process, as well as my career, you know, so... Yeah, Phil's Phil's good good people. Shout out to Phil Lamb, who's probably yeah. listening, I would guess. Um, and then uh, Wes, I you are new to me, but man, 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 you you're so good. You, oh. Both you and Amy were so good in this film. Like, thank you. Um, it was all CGI, so you know. <laughs> it was Chris himself doing everything. Right. <laughs> Ah, the Marvel way. Uh, <laughs> it was. I mean, it, I hadn't seen you on. Uh, okay, let me let me rephrase that. After watching some of the stuff that you have done, um, I did not realize that I had seen you before, mm. and on, on like Hawaii Five O. I mean, uh, Magnum PI, mm-hmm. and and Amy, you you two actually both have Magnum PI in common. Did you guys kind of bump heads or like, did you know each other before that point? Actually, yes, we did know each other when we were, but we didn't have the same episodes. Right, right, right. Yeah, she went, she uh, went out to Hawaii for that, for her episode, maybe, maybe a month, a month and a half after mine. It was funny because um, we ended up having the same driver while we were in Hawaii. So when Amy was shooting and she was um, in, in in his car, she FaceTimed me and I was able to say hi to him and, you know, sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were not on the same episode, no. Mm. Yeah. So um, let's 
let's rewind this. Um, I know a little bit about Chris, um, but I, I feel like for the for the listeners, they'd be interested in learning a little bit more about when when you each got into into the industry. You know, like you know, how what was the catalyst for getting into acting or directing and writing? Because you all each do multiple things. Um, what was the catalyst that got you involved in, for each of you? Yeah, I, I'll just get mine out of the way. It's a really long story, so I'll try to keep it really, <laughs> really condensed because I'm, you know, like 80 years old. So um, I, long story short, it was when I was in high school and I saw David Lynch's Blue Velvet in a near empty uh... movie theater. I decided I wanted to become a filmmaker. I uh, went to film school at USC was finding my voice and getting more in touch with my identity. Um, you know, kind of realizing that um, people of color had different obstacles, you know, right. even in higher education. Um, and, um, and when I, upon graduation, I wrote my first feature screenplay, you know, things happen. The LA riots kind of got it into, uh, made it put things in perspective as far as my voice. But my film never got made, so I that that script never got made, even though I had meetings all over town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of went, you know, through through the by any means necessary approach, like Spike Lee or whatever, of of I'm going to just make an independent film on my own, you know, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and being inspired by those indie filmmakers, and also like Jarmouche and and. Uh, and uh, uh, the Chan is missing director. Um, and and pr- prior to me, um, John Singleton had made uh, Boys in the Hood, which and he came out of USC. So that was a big deal, too. Um, so we built a team. It was like a really scrappy, truly independent film. $150,000 from uh, from through production to the 35 millimeter release print. And that kind of set me off on being... Um, a filmmaker who wanted to explore my identity um, through my career and also to try to do things that were different each time, you know, conceptually of making, making a project about wanting to challenge myself about trying to explore new avenues um, Mm -hmm. in filmmaking from my perspective and with my collaborators. And so obviously Silent River is wildly different from Yellow, my first film, which was a coming of age teen comedy drama about Asian American kids in high school. And now we're kind of doing something that's really might be outside the mold of what might be expected from creators like us. Um, but it's exciting to go into new territory, you know? Mm-hmm. How about, uh, how about you, Wes? What was your uh, entry into the industry? My, you know, my entry, um, I, it, I, Basically, I my parents worked a lot, multiple jobs, trying to put food on the table. Um, I was spent a lot of time by myself, skateboarding, getting into trouble, um, and you know, kind of doing that American adolescence thing. Um, spent a lot of time in front of the television, um, watching movies. I remember um, I was in the school library when I was middle school, and I found Rebel Without a Cause. Mm. And um, I watched it, and I I don't I didn't really understand what I was watching, but I I remember feeling like what James Dean was doing was so different from anything that I was watching on television, and I became obsessed with 
that era that brought me to looking at reading about biographies about Brando. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of this nerdy kid who was doing something that I was, didn't tell anybody about. My parents did, certainly didn't understand. None of my friends knew what I was doing. They didn't understand like anything about that, that, you know, the idea of watching movies and black and white movies. Right. So I, I was very, it was very private. And then at some point, um, I, it was during a career day and I didn't do my homework and people were coming in, you know, saying I want to be, you know, a, a fireman and, 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 and police officer and all these different things. I remember I came in and, and, and I kind of just didn't do my homework. So I was like, oh, shit, I need to just fake it. And so I told the teacher, I said, I want to be on TV. Mm. And my idea was I wanted to do all those things that people were doing. I didn't really understand what that meant until the actor, until the, my teacher said, oh, you want to be an actor. Mm. That was the first time that idea came into my mind about there was this legitimate thing. And that brought me down a rabbit hole just trying to figure out what actors do. Um, and then, you know, so I guess my point is I always knew, but I don't really remember. I mean, when you go back to look at my yearbooks and, you know, growing up, all my friends were writing things like, hey, I can't wait to see you on Broadway. I can't wait to see your name in lights. I don't remember telling people or broadcasting <laughs> that to people, but apparently I did in some way, form or another because people were able to write that in the yearbook. Um, so I was one of those kids who always knew what I wanted to do. I, I didn't fall into this profession you know, in college. It was something that I just knew before mm. high school that this is what I wanted to do. And I, ha I had no access. I didn't understand any of it. And I went to a lot of scam meetings, you know, people who were like, hey, do you want to be a model on TV? Oh my God, you know, yes. Was, yeah. Yeah, Wes, and sorry to interrupt you, but you know, Darren said this would be kind of an informal conversation. <laughs> yep. I'm curious, are, were you, did you do theater in high school and stuff like that? Um, I, I, I didn't do theater um, because I thought the theater kids were lame, but I, I was doing... Uh, I was doing um, uh, musicals and I was, oh, oh wow. And, and the funny thing is um, I went to high school. I went to the same high school as Mahersha Ali. Um, oh. And I went to the same high school as James Iglehart. Now James Iglehart won the Tony for playing the genie in Aladdin. Um, and I remember I would see him running down the halls, just singing. I was one of those people who were like, oh, my God, like, I, 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 I want to sing. I wish I could do that. So I did that. Um, Mahersha Ali was, uh, was a jock, so he didn't fall into acting until he was in college. But he was, he was a popular kid in campus. I think he might have been homecoming king, and, you know, and he was older than me. And so um, I think I was in middle school at the time. I heard, I, even then I heard about his name because he was a star, hmm. star basketball player. But anyway, my point is, um, I didn't get into a lot of the high school stuff until I got older and I took the train into San Francisco and I was taking acting classes and I was, mm. you know, I was with the college kids and I was trying to be more serious about what I was doing. All along the way, I, I, I went, I, I got suckered into a lot of scams, you know, this and that. I, I, I made a lot of mistakes. And then... Those mistakes and failures led me to learning more and more. I ended up moving to Los Angeles and then kind of did a lot of theater in Los Angeles, started writing and directing. 
and kind of went my way of climbing up the ropes. And along that journey, early in my time in Los Angeles, I um, would run into Chris and I would, you know, basically <laughs> try to, you know, um, inject myself into his life and, 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 you know, and that's how our friendship kind of started. And then I finally um, scammed him into getting, Oh, it was a long game. He played that's, the long game. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Amy, what was the, what was your, uh, entry into the, uh, into the world of film acting? Yeah. Um, I started, uh, acting in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't, um, want to pursue acting, um, in my teenage years, I actually was on track to, uh, wanting to become a designer, um, oh. and I'm very interested in art and, um, I went to school for art out in Beijing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was during, um, those years in Beijing, I was watching a lot of movies and um, uh, was getting a lot <laughs> of fake DVDs, and um, so I had access to a lot of a lot of mo international movies. Um, and it just like I was going through a really um, uh, tumultuous time in my life. Um, my mom had passed away, and I was out in Beijing, uh, you know, on my own. And um, I just got really interested in cinema and I just saw the power of how cinema can help um, people see into worlds and uh, experience, like be seen. Um, and it really, movies really helped me get through a tough time. Mm. And I just saw the power um, of the art of film. You know, and I just mm. thought, um, you know, I, I've always loved art, but I just thought that um, film uh, is such a powerful medium to uh, reach people and connect with people. So I dropped out of art school and my dad was really mad. Um, <laughs> just like any Asian parents, like, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Um, and I knew that in Hong Kong, um, to get into the industry, it was either you're a model or you do uh, Miss Hong Kong, which is a pageant that happens. Uh, yes. Yes. And so it, um, it happens every year. Um, and uh, a studio, TVB, Television Broadcast Limited, is uh, the one that hosts it. And usually the people who get into Miss Hong Kong, they're offered a contract there. So I took a shot and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, uh, try this out. Uh, if I get in, I'll be an actor. If I don't, then I'll just go on and pursue, you know, go back to pursuing, um, becoming a designer. Mm. So I got in, um, <laughs> um, went through. Did the you expect that to happen? Well, the thing was, I was very, um, once I put my mind to something, I, I'm really like focused and I, I don't let, I, I don't, I don't think about failing. Right. <laughs> so that's well, what that's I, good. yeah, I don't think, you know, and, and I got in and so I did it pretty well. I got up to like, I got top five and I was offered a contract. So 
um, I spent many years acting for this in this TV studio, and it, it worked like the old Hollywood studios where mm. you're assigned to them and um, basically offer roles um, by the producers that see you. Um, we went through a training program that Chow Yun Fat went to, oh. uh, Tony Lung, like all these great Hong Kong movie stars that you know they came out of that program. So mm. I was. I, didn't, I went into not knowing anything about it. I just hear these stories about these great actors coming through that program. So I was in that program and basically I, we learned like everything in six months, like three months we learned. Wow. Yeah, it was like a fast track kind of um, boot camp. Wow. Boot camp. And so we, we did like everything from acting to singing to hosting. We, we were, were learning all this stuff like some martial arts uh, stunts. And then, um, that was three months of that. And the three months we had on set experience. So mm. it pushed us onto set as extras or anything, uh, you know, smaller roles. And we learn by doing and observing, you know, people, the ac other actors and how the set runs and stuff like that. Mm. And yeah. And so basically wow. that was my start. There's a real value to that, to being like a studio contract type mm. player. Like they used to have that in the U.S., right? Yeah. And I guess the the most of the biggest equipment we have now are just regularly working people. But if you're if you're directing, you know, three or four movies a year, you know, your your career, you're making like 150 movies. Or if you're acting in dozens and dozens of movies every year, it's going to really develop your craft like crazy. And that's why so many famous and popular movie stars right now they started in tv and they did hundreds of episodes and they they just got good despite you know maybe mm -hmm. not starting out so great right so <laughs> it's amazing that amy has that that background of being able to just work continuously in in a very competitive environment yeah because that's um it was a lot of pressure <laughs> to yeah i was good. gonna say it's a little pressure there right it's a little bit um but pressure makes diamonds people so you know that's <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's always like the grass is greener. There was a time, I mean, there's still a time. I mean, I, you know, when I first got to LA, it was a lot of just uncertainty, struggling. And I remember all my friends used to just wish, man, why can't there be a studio system? Because then mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about a second income. I can just, you know, full go in there, climb the ladder. Um, because in that's, it almost feels like it's more merit-based, right? And mm -hmm. right now it's like a free-for-all. Like you can spend 20 years you know, in any other industry, you'd be a, a executive VP, but now it's like, it doesn't matter. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, yeah. you can do a lot of work and then end up kind of going back backwards, to, you know, with the wrong combination of scenarios of things that happen it yeah. happens all the time. So. Yeah. But I know the people in the studio system wanted to get out of it because they wanted more freedom, you know? So it's right. like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, you got your freedom now. Now what, man? Now you got to plan it all out. Yeah, exactly. I, I was grateful for that experience, but I'm definitely grateful for, um, you know, the union SAG um, mm. to protect us because I would, I would work for three days straight without sleep as long as I had a slot in my time schedule. They're like, they just book wow. me. Can't say no. It was, you know, yeah. That's brutal. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's. To Chris's point, it's good because you're doing a lot of work, but it's bad because 
there's no end to the work. Like you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. at some point it has to, you, you know, you gotta be yeah. able to take care cause you're, you, you are your product, right? You have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, absolutely. And ho Hollywood is, a, is much different now. I mean, it's so, um, I don't even know. Like, I feel like it's changing so fast that, that every day you, you guys you know, are out there auditioning for different roles. Like, I feel like it changes almost every couple months that like, the, the 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 amount of work that's being out there the 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 platform like you know now it's platforms it's all about platforms and and um which is which is cool because you know it obviously gives more people more opportunity but it's still complicated it's still and there's so much content right like yeah there, there used to be such a barrier to entry years ago and now mm -hmm. like there's content everywhere there's like there's and also digital content and everything so we're all vying for the same finite amount of attention spans from mm. each viewer um so it's a different struggle it's really weird it's, it's kind of easier to to produce stuff now but um it has to be sustainable it's got to draw an audience so how do you do that and yeah. how does that impact the the craft or the artwork or the creativity uh if you're if you know, if your goal is to get attention and to get viewers, that's going to also impact your mode of storytelling. You know? mm -hmm. does, yeah. it, does it affect, I mean, I would assume it affects your, the availability of the of actors that you want too, because, you know, I mean, there's so, there's so many, I have, so I've done a couple of actors, a couple actors recently on the show and, they're like at least two or three of them had at least three projects they were working on simultaneously. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm doing this Western over here. I'm doing a waiting for a horror to start up next week. I'm waiting for something at Netflix. I'm like, wow. Okay. I remember when you just did one project every six months, six, eight months. And, and you know, now it's like, I, I feel bad for directors trying to find get actors availability. It must be insane. Well, you gotta, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm up for a play and then also a few other gigs. And I, I remember like, I'm so afraid of a schedule conflict. So I'm trying to avoid all of that. But right. at the same time, you know, I would tell my reps, listen, like whoever wants me the most has to lock me down first. Cause otherwise I'm going right. to go, work is you know it's hard because it's like feast or famine kind of a thing you know like mm. when you've gone through so many months of waiting for work when someone gives you anything you 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 just grab at it you want to do it all you know so you know i mean i for me i like the fact that our actors are busy because um i certainly am not number one on anyone's list right mm -hmm. And so you, you get to a point where all the other people are just unavailable and then finally they get to you. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. you get yeah, but yeah, trying to trying to Chris's list. Yeah, trying, yes, exactly. Yeah. 
trying yeah. to schedule going bowling with actors or getting a <laughs> cup of coffee. It's always like, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, let me get back to you guys. <laughs> bowling. Because <laughs> they never know what their, their schedule is going to be. Unless you, know? you say, I'm a director. Would you like to go bowling? <laughs> then they all show up. <laughs> what? Chris, Chris can always... But Chris, you should have asked me. I, I would have said yes. I have all, all the time in the world for, for bowling with Chris. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, Chris, uh, what was the motivation for this? Because I, so, so the funny thing about this was when um, Phil let me was nice enough to let me see the film and he asked me for my feedback. The first thing I, that came to mind, and maybe you've gotten this before, I don't know, but the first thing that came to mind was Blue Velvet and David Lynch, very much so. And because um, I like, I like noir. I like stuff like Memento and, you know, that kind of just kind of draws you in with these, these, you know, characters and silence and music and you know and um but it very much felt like uh you know that there was some part of you that was you know showing your love for that genre was that the like what was the motivation behind this project at this moment in time well you know like like all all of us here, there are a lot of projects I've been working on developing over the years that mm. I'm really eager to to get off the ground and, and to turn into produced content. Um, but, you know, a, a number of them require considerable resources to launch. Mm. And um, a few years ago, um, you know, I was, I've been seeing this transformation of technology and, 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 and the opportunity that affords filmmakers. Um, I, I, I work even though I know to a lot of people, it seems like I'm not, I haven't been doing anything. Like I've actually been working every day for, for, for the past 30 years um, on my craft and on filmmaking and various aspects of production. Um, and, um, and so I've been very aware of the opportunities uh, to produce uh, films. Um, and, and so yeah, there are these dream projects I want to make, mm -hmm. but I just got sick and tired of waiting for permission you know, like, why is that necessary? I know how to make a film. Right. Um, and Wes and I kept running into each other, as he alluded to earlier on, when after he moved to LA, we kept running into each other over the years. Hmm. And then, you know, three or four years ago, we started to strike up a friendship of just only occasionally seeing each other every three to six to even nine months. Um, and talking about what inspired us as artists and as storytellers. And we had a lot of commonalities as well as being very different people and um and so kind of took those cocktail napkin ideas wrote a script and we decided that we were going to make our own movie um and and we thought about well what should we make you know and i, I speaking for myself i have lots of personal influences and inspirations and everything but if we're going to do it on our own off the radar let's make a film that that we want to see that that mm -hmm. is informed by the things that we love about cinema and about the filmmakers and films that really inspire us. Um, 
and no one's telling us what to do. We don't have to get anything approved, you know, right. and who knows if I, I'm ever going to have this opportunity again, like hopefully I'll get other work, but there's always going to be some amount of responsibility to different parties. Right. right. So let's do something that's totally bold. Like this is what Weston and I literally talked about something that could only come from our voices, from our team and um, let's go for it. And so no matter what the fiscal success of the project is and all that, we know that we create something really unique that, that was true to us and true to us as, as artists. You know, I hope that doesn't sound too lofty, but we wanted to make something that was very, very personal, you know, so. That makes sense. I mean, it makes sense, especially, you know, to your point, it is very hard. I mean, it's not as hard as it used to be to get stuff done, but if you're going to go through those processes to do that, why not do something you like, you know, that you love and really are passionate about, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's a long road. It's, you know, like from the first time the camera starts to roll till the film festival in runs in, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah. why not do something you love doing, you know, like a project that you know is going to be that something that you can pour your heart and soul into. So, you know, exactly. on, the on the heels of that, Darren, I think you're so right on. And I think for, for me personally, you know, it, it's that, it's that weird, you know, realization that what, what I love to watch and the content that consistently uh, inspire me today and also in a seminal way, mm. uh, that content isn't necessarily something that is quote unquote off the shelf marketable right right, right. so i think going into this there was this default position for me to go out and make something that is marketable never even asking myself do i even like this would i even watch this film right. i was purely making it so that the, the product could be successful never asking hey like i'm gonna make this soda do you like it i would never drink it right. but i want to make it right and so when we ended up making Silent River um, after several iterations of other variations of the story, we landed on something that I knew and Chris and I both knew that would not be off the shelf marketable because it was very artsy and uh, emotional and it, it wasn't your typical plot driven. But I realized then that I was like, oh my God, this is actually closer to what I would want to watch. Mm. And it was a kind of a, you know, growing up moment where I was like, okay, we got to do this. And, and one more thing before I'm sure Amy has something to add to this conversation, this part of the conversation as well, which is all through the festival circuit, we have been comparing uh, Silent River and our audiences have been comparing Silent River to uh, David Lynch, uh, Kubrick, um, Wong Kar Wai. Um, right. Yeah, Wong Karai, yeah. And, and, you know, and and um, a, a lot of uh, modern filmmakers today who have a very uh, European uh, sensibility. But one other name that I want to add to that list is, and I feel this really deeply, it feels like a Murakami uh, movie. Oh. You know, it feels like a Murakami novel. Interesting. And, and, and and every time I read his stuff, and his stuff is just so amazing, and I, I, I you know, obviously you know, we are not Murakami, but my mm -hmm. point is when you're reading his content, 
there's really no plot. It's all character driven. Right. He articulates a character doing something really, really interesting and unique and quirky, but really human at the heart of it. And, and because of that, you are interested in following this person or these people. Whatever they talk about, whatever restaurant they go to, whatever eleva- elevator they end up in, you want to be that fly in the wall because he's articulating mm. really interesting people. Right. And every time I watch Silent River, it feels not only like a novel come to life, but it feels like a Murakami novel, you know, mm. which is very, which is very quirky, very personal, very fly in the wall, um, and and those elements together. I think we think um, allow the audience to to feel connected to these people. You know, mm-hmm. that's interesting. You know, I I kind of um, I have this little saying, and it's you know, there are restaurants where you go to just for the people watching. The food may be okay, mm. but, the, but the people watching is fascinating. Yes, yes, and I think that is how film sometimes kind of lays out yeah is, is you know it's the people watching it's it's fascinating i think there's something about that that yeah. people are drawn to mm-hmm. and i think those that you know to your point that you know marikami and all these directors i think they understood that early on they knew yeah. early on that if you make the people interesting, if you if you care about these people enough to really um, illustrate them properly on the screen, mm-hmm. people will, you know, will will be will pay attention. They'll pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. We had our SF pr- uh, premiere over the weekend, and uh, an actress was there with us, and and she said very the same. She was like, you know, I was like, what did you what did you think? Be honest with me, you know, because she's she's a actress as well. And she was like, you know, I was kind of nervous coming in, hmm. but but throughout, she literally said, I was never bored. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was just so interested in what was going to happen next. Yeah. And, but she was like, but at the same time, I had no idea exactly what I was experiencing. Right. And that's what I love about the movie as well. It's, mm. it's that part of it, you know. I, I will, I will echo those sentiments i I, so i mean both your performances were what like really carried the energy of the movie very well Mm. to the point yeah as i'm sitting there like literally that's how i felt i was like i feel like i need to see this through because something (laughs) something is going to happen at the end of this movie and i need to be there part of it because these people they, yeah. they are fascinating. Like I, I kind of put myself in that whole in that motel room with you guys to no. see like what, like what is going on here? What are they? What is happening? I need to understand this. Yeah. Amy, yeah. you were like just, um, and I mean this in the possible best possible way. Really creepy. Um, it, and Wes, you you just made me feel like. Uh, like I almost I, I kind of have identified with you a lot. Mm. Um, mm. Like there was a kind of a panic, a calm, but and panic to you that mm. I think people can understand and yeah. sympathize with, which yeah. I think is another reason why people like 
as you watch this, you watch it because there's something there that people identify with personally as well. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, shooting it. Um, Chris, Chris certainly can speak to this. You know, the making of the film was a journey in itself. Um, mm. You know, and I, I, you know, for me, just the process of making it really helped. How long was this? Um, how long was the shoot for this? Um, the shoot was broken up into two separate ha halves, but it was basically about 13, 14 days of principal. It was very mm -hmm. contained. So we had a lot of pages every day to shoot. Um, and then there was, there was a number of second unit and pickup days that were skeleton crews uh, over the ensuing year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. And we were lucky that we filmed, you know, right before the pandemic. So mm -hmm. post-production was really over a year during the thick of the pandemic. And fortunately, all the technology was there to collaborate uh, remotely with all of our post uh, collaborators. And, you know, that's that's gone across all industries, right? We were like yeah. lucky that we had Zoom and everything was in place, the infrastructure um but it was definitely weird doing it that way and uh uh and certain things took maybe a little bit longer you know mm. So, mm. Yeah. amy how did you what was what what drew you to this role because i feel like this is a you know I'm, I'm just curious like what what did you see this in this role that you're like yep doing this <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I just love the script overall. Um, you know, um, I met with Chris um, um, for coffee and- uh, Not bowling, right? So. Not bowling, uh, <laughs> but it was just I, just, I just love Chris. Like he's just such a character. And <laughs> the first time I met him, I wasn't, I wasn't even sure if he liked me or not, but um, <laughs> it was just kind of like, he has this really, he, he doesn't know he's funny, but he's really funny um, because he's just so unique, you know? And um, it, it really, it really showed through, um, shown through in the script, like these little quirky things that happened in the script. I just loved all those little funny details oh. that he put in there and the dialogue. And it's just kind of, offbeat right and right. um and I, it's just the role when i was reading it i was like this is this is so you know such an interesting character i i was just i would not um have this opportunity anywhere else like this this is like such a rare opportunity to get to play two characters and be in this kind of dreamlike film and uh, you know um she has a, a very rich backstory that we discussed. Um, and I was just so intrigued by this character, you know, mm -hmm. and it was challenging. It was like a challenging character to play. Um, because, you know, I, I was told a lot of times that, Oh, um, you know, your character is so restrained. Uh, but that choice came through, knowing that she knew this world going in there and um she was uh she she had to keep um to herself 
because mm. they knew that was dangerous. And um, for her to be overly emotional, overly everything would be would be dangerous. Mm. You know? And so, and it was she was on a mission. So it's like um, I really, I really enjoyed playing in those circumstances mm. that that Chris play uh, created. Where, 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 where was this shot? Um, like, what was that? What area, what area was that? Arizona? What was that? India. The, 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 yeah, the primary location was all around um, Indio, as well as really yeah. outskirts of Palm Springs. Uh, we also did some other, other kind of second unit shots in Mojave and other parts of the Midwest as well. Um, and also, it should it should not go unnoticed or unmentioned that in addition to playing two characters in the mm -hmm. film, Amy also served as costume designer because she we wanted to oh. make sure she had enough work, you know, during the uh, <laughs> production. And we she really had enough work, part. Amy. We're gonna yeah. get you to be the costume designer too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that layer of work is is really really uh, such a crucial part. This is a really true ensemble in, in, in a way that's, you know, unlike a lot of films. I mean, not only the costume design, but also uh, the score is just phenomenal. The sound design is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and when you really experience this movie, those things just cannot be taken for, taken for granted because they all help not only the world building, but, you know, really. It's so funny because I had relatives who saw this film in San Francisco, and they literally said to me after – did you guys, because they saw it in LA as well, and they're like, did you guys add any shots in between LA and San Francisco? I said, no. And they're like, oh my God, there was so much stuff that I feel like I'd never seen before. <laughs> it is one of those films very much like in a vein of you know Kubrick and, 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 and Lynch and uh, you know where there's all these little nuggets of world building. Mm. Um, and if you watch Coppola, same way, right? Like he shoots a lot of masters because he sees it in, as a painting. He doesn't necessarily want to dictate to you what to, what to see. So this film feels like just a very wide palette, you know, and you can- Yeah, exactly. Like, if, I mean, if you watch any Kubrick film, it's a different experience every time. If, if you watch, was, or if you watch the conversation, like Wes alluded to, like, that's a great movie. Mm -hmm. And it's, you notice it's a different, it, you, you travel through it differently each time. And, and, I, and absolutely, we could not have done it. We had, I was joking about Amy being costume designer, but that is a big part of the essence of, of what happened on this film is everybody really dug deep and, and played multiple roles on the film. Um, our sound designer, Eric Jolly, has been a working professional, has done hun literally hundreds and hundreds of films as a sound designer, re-recording mixer. Um, and he was so generous to lend his talents to the small indie film. You know, I've been lucky to have worked with him on several other projects that I've been involved with. And, and, and thank goodness he came on board this one. Our director of photography, Norbert Che, who is um, an amazing Taiwanese American filmmaker, as well as director of photography, um, uh, you know, really helped us develop the vocabulary, uh, the visual vocabulary of this project. Like we worked, as much as we could afford to um, in pre-production to develop a look for the film. So that way when we were on set and we had to roll the punches, you know, you, things don't always go as planned. Sometimes you have to mm -hmm. drop shots or 
or re rethink uh, the approach to a scene. We already had our voca vocabulary established and we knew, you know, what the alternatives would be. Um, another, I mean, there's so many people, but another key player for sure was Brian Ralston, our composer. Um, and I, I'm, as I'm sure, you know, you may have experienced, uh, Darren, like the music in this film is essentially another character in the piece. Mm. And as much as it augments or supports the action, and it also offers a lot of counterpoint and a lot of insight into the proceedings. And it's it's also searingly emotional and, and also very dark and evocative and, 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 and it helps create, it, it helps the world building of the film by being otherworldly with the sounds that, that he produced uh, and the music, you know? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, like someone asked me what kind of mute, like a, a friend of mine was like, what, I saw a trailer, like what kind of movie is this? It, it feels like a sci-fi, but horror, but drama, but romance. And I'm like, yeah, okay. All of those probably fit some, to some, some degree. I think, I, th I think to your point, I think, when you if someone watches this again maybe it's something else to them the, the next time you know what i mean and um i like movies like that i like movies that you can revisit you know every couple months and it's a, suddenly a, a new movie you know yeah. with other things that you didn't see or didn't catch or you know those i love those kind of movies mm -hmm. awesome well hopefully for the uh, New York East Coast audience that's uh, listening to your program, um, you know, we've, we've got the, um, we're playing opening night, we're the opening night film for the Art of Brooklyn Film Festival. Um, and it's Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. Wednesday, June 1st, 8 p.m. in Brooklyn. Uh, and, um, you know, we're really, really uh, looking forward to, you know, sharing that on opening night with everybody. Yeah, I think you should definitely get out to this festival. <laughs> tickets are available currently. So if you want to get some tickets, um, we'll leave the link in the bottom of the comments so people can check you out. Um, one thing about um, before you guys ro roll on to, because I know you're probably busy, and uh, um, what's next for each of you? What's what's coming up i know you've still got this and it's still running in the festivals but are there any projects that we can look forward to seeing you on because i i feel like i want to see more of first of all chris i'm glad like i said i'm glad you you did this because um i yellow is still one of my favorite films and i saw somebody on facebook was talking about it last week they were trying to find out where they can where they could watch it I'm like, well, you can come to my house. I have a copy. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, it's 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 on my it's on my. I have a list of uh, what I call um, day killers. Day killers are, are films that when they come on, if you're about to leave the house, somehow you just forgot that you have yeah. to go somewhere, and you sit down and you're watching it. So. So cool. Is, is, and Chris doesn't have. List. I appreciate that, Darren. I do. I actually do have a copy and. You do. And I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm really proud of what that whole team accomplished together. It was, it was a really tough time to do something like that project. Um, and 
it, but it is something that I, I don't watch often because of course, you know, I think is that we all feel like when, as you progress and you grow and you, your interests change, it's hard to look back, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, I, 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 I'm really lucky to have had that experience and, and to have worked with, with those actors and that crew for sure. So I, we, you know, it's out of print right now, but we're, we're hoping and working on getting it uh, back into motion, getting it into a, a screening platform. Yay. Yeah. So. I'm sure people, and when they do, I will let people know where they can go and watch it because it's definitely, I bump in the song every six months or so somewhere on the street somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually reminded because of that. Um, and then Wes and Amy, you guys are, um actors that i really would love to see more stuff um i'm hoping that you guys are continually going to be on my screen and, and and i can go hey i know them i i interviewed them once before that would be so cool i love i love seeing yeah you know good good art I, like i was you know i laughed at what you said wes about um being part you know having grown from having to be part of some scams here and there I, trust me i know exactly what you mean like when i was 20 years old me and a best friend went to this school that was supposedly run by a stunt double for um uh nick nolte and he charged us he charged my friend 300 400 for what was supposed to be some headshots and a videotape mm. And I was like, when he pulled the price, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I think my father would kill me. And <laughs> my friend paid for it and never got anything out of it. The, the, the day after he paid, he went back to the school to try to get a refund. It was gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. I, I remember those days and I remember I happily paid because we were so desperate. Yeah. And, and there was a long line of people ready to pay. Yeah, I imagine it's going on it was, today. You know, it was they they filled you with hope about all these things that could happen once you had those packages. I'm like, yep. so I totally get it, man. And I'm glad you fought through all that to get to where you're at now. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and Amy back on the screen again. Is there anything that you guys are working on that you can share with everyone before we go? Um, I'm in preparation for a project that I, I've signed an NDA, so I can't talk about it, but I'm very, very excited about it. Um, and, you know, hopefully it'll be available <clears throat> for, you know, for audiences probably early next year. Um, but in addition to that, you know, um, we are always, you know, Chris and I are talking about potentially collaborating at some point, if not the next, some, some point in the future. Um, this is this is a team, including you know Phil and everybody, um, that I would love to cross paths with again. You know, creatively, mm. obviously. Uh, Amy is also writing; uh, she's oh, writing cool. a project as well. Um, so, um, hopefully, we can be on your screen in no time again. <laughs> yes, uh, um, I was just gonna say, you know, um, I know about Wes's project, and it's really exciting. Um, a lot of Asian American projects are, you know, coming up and yes, I'm so one happy. of those. Yes. Um, and yeah, so, um, Wes was saying, I am develop, I am developing a project, um, a passion project 
that I'm writing. Um, uh, it's a feature. Uh, it's called Lady Luck, and it's based on, well, not based, but inspired by my brother and I's relationship. Nice. So, yeah, that's going to be it. And then, oh, you can um, watch for me in Kung Fu Finale. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I'll be in that. And um, I'm such a nerd. Um. <laughs> I just I, I love all the people on that show. They were just just such a great team of people. Mm. And I've never been on a set that was so warm. Like, mm. I, I mean, I've been on a lot of warm sets, but I just feel like, um, you know, everybody being Asian American. Um, Chris is right here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, you didn't take you know, her bowl and now see what happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, Chris. Chris's set was very unique, and yeah, warm wasn't the word. It was very, very hectic and scary because it was like, <laughs> you know. it was it was a roller coaster of emotions on Chris's set. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. I mean, I, I've got a lot of things going on. Um, I I applied to a job at Starbucks last week. <laughs> um, I was lucky right. the, sh I, the shift supervisor what? happened to be there. So I talked to them and I think I'm going going back tomorrow to, to have an interview with the manager. So yeah. I'll let you guys know how that goes. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. <laughs> Benefits are probably better, you know, yeah, right. Is that going on the IMDB too, or? Oh, you know? absolutely. It's going to be there. Yeah. Played the role I, of. I don't want to jinx it though. So I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would be hilarious um well i wouldn't trust uh chris on making coffee for me though like. <laughs> i actually like work with that like that where you can really work on like efficiency and workflow and i'm not joking you know i think and i'm sure time would go by really quickly so that's why i'm that's yeah why I, I mean that's why i applied yeah no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't well okay forget it forget it <laughs> okay well, i mean this look and and we're not saying there's anything wrong with working at starbucks people just so you yeah, absolutely not, i mean I, I grew up in my parents convenience <laughs> store you know so it's hard to work starbucks. it's hard it's hard work That's absolutely hard. yeah yeah i uh, just said that to somebody so. you're providing a, a real service you know so yeah there are benefits you know, trust me, there are people who would, <laughs> would lose their minds if Starbucks closed tomorrow. So yeah. oh. you are doing people a great service. Yeah. All of us would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, coffee, too. You know? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to reiterate that, uh, and Wes mentioned this, that we're screening at the Art of Brooklyn Film Festival yep. on June Wednesday, June 1st at 8 p.m. We're so honored to be opening night film for their 12th annual film festival. And our parts of our cast and crew will be there. Uh, West will be there, Amy will be there, Max who plays P2 and Patrick will be there. I'll be there myself as well as our executive producer, yeah. Phil Lamb. It's gonna be in mm -hmm. Brooklyn at the Cobble Hill Cinemas. Um, for more information, you can look it up at uh, our website, silentrivermovie.com, um, as well as the Art of Brooklyn, various social media outlets. Yes, and um, definitely, people should definitely make sure you get your tickets now. Because, like I said, there's a lot of people have been talking about this film, so I feel like this is going to be a really good turnout. And um, 
I'm very happy that you guys are going to be able to experience that in Brooklyn because Brooklyn is awesome. So there you go. Um, I hope well, you come out, Darren. You know, um, yeah, of course. Um, are you kidding me? That like that's going to be awesome. Love to meet awesome. Some person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. No, um, <laughs> yeah, he's not. I'm sure yeah. that's not true. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can get my get out of my my um, barista job at Starbucks that day. I will I will make it there. So yeah, we'll meet in, <laughs> meet in the neighborhood barista, you know, coffee shop. Um, but yeah, and we're really really excited because we've had a lot of uh, you know uh, different locations, and we've been kind of just really aching for the New York audience because we feel like a lot of people in Brooklyn. Um, they, 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 they are, you know, they have that sensibility in them, you know? Yeah. And, um, so yeah, we're excited to. There's a yeah. lot of, um, cinema files in Brooklyn yes. for sure. So yeah. those people are, are, they will definitely appreciate this, 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 um, content. So for sure. I'm really excited about getting a slice out there too. And, and. And yeah. Phil is very <laughs> Phil is very well versed at being a being a foodie and oh my you know, god yes he is so, we we yeah. could have a whole other podcast just yeah. just on that yeah <laughs> and he knows he knows I see his I, I see his pictures he posts on on, oh, on yeah. Facebook like he puts my food pictures to shame you know I and yeah. I'm always saying like Phil how come your food pictures come out so good and he he gives me tips and stuff but I can't I can't match him I don't know how he does it. Yeah, this has been the most expensive food tour, you know. Really. Yeah. We made it film so that we can actually, you know, enjoy restaurants. From so you can have good food and a good yeah. restaurants. restaurants. That's, a, hey, that's a great plan. Don't get me I mean, started. That's, honestly, I mean, every time we get to New City, yeah, every time we get to New City, our, our texturing is like, what are we eating? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that you got to figure that out before anything else. Yeah. Because that's the you most have important. To the schedule around the food. That's exactly. What they <laughs> exactly. We come back. We, we come back home and we always go on a diet. You know, every time. <laughs> on the on the on the way back. You know, that's a great point. You know, just I know that we're running out of time, but but you know, like I think having having you know, we care about great wine. We care care about great food and great all kinds of food. And I think filmmaking is the same thing. You know, there is this different. Uh, flavor uh, um, uh, to fulfill your appetite and it would be great to have people come out watch the film we're going to be able to gather after the film to 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 talk about it with anybody who's interested in in, in yeah, sharing, be fun. Yeah. you know sharing conversation with us you know have some wine and 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 um and hopefully the topic of conversation can be about filmmaking and and you know mm. right, yeah we're going to do a q and a at art of brooklyn right after our premiere screening and we intend we haven't designated a spot yet but we intend on <clears> finding <throat> a local place to go to and we hope to meet anyone who who wants to come to hang out after the screening and we'd love to meet meet everybody and and you know celebrate and and get get to make some new friends, you know. So. Mm, absolutely. Oh, um, before we go, real quick, I also wanted to give a shout out to one of the actors in your cast who I thought was actually kind of good and, and creepy as well, Dakota Loesch. Um, yeah, I was Dakota. like, Dakota is amazing. One tidbit: Dakota, 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 and Amy played love interest 
in a mm. previous feature film. Oh, called, oh really? yeah, called Love Shots. And, yeah, and on Amazon if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dakota brought a lot of really unique elements to a very difficult and challengingly written character, you know, and it, it scares me to think what we would have done without him involved. And mm. also he brings tremendously great energy and spirit to to the shoot. So mm. um, we were yeah. hoping he could come out, but he's 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 been very busy and uh, but he's been very supportive throughout this whole process. So, yeah, that's a great. Great shout out, Darren. Absolutely. Uh, Dakota Loesch. Thank you. Yes. His feature film, Anchorage, is also in the film festival circuit, and it's been doing amazing. And he was a writer, lead actor, one of the lead actors in it, and his buddy, um, Scott Monaghan, is the director of it. First time director. It's an amazing film. Amazing. So have a chance, like, if it comes around in New York or, like, when it's out, definitely check it out. Anchorage. Yeah, Anchorage has been winning lots of awards on the festival circuit, and it, it's inevitable that we'll be able to see it in a wider release. Well, so. that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, I feel like he was, I was, he was one of the characters. I was like, wow, he's there's something very interesting when he's on the screen. It's just very, he has a nice energy about him. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, awesome. this is fun. Yeah. Well, everybody. Um, I encourage you to be sure to stop by and follow Chris on Instagram at chris.chan.lee. Um, Wes can be found at Wes Leong on Instagram. I love the fact that you guys are on my Instagram now. Yay. Um, <laughs> Amy saying, as the Amy said, and I am going to be watching because Kung Fu is like one of my favorite shows. Like oh, I, man. Yeah, wow. I, I've been watching it since the beginning. Um, awesome. They are, they are the, <laughs> so, it's so good. And it, it, the, you, it's funny that you said that the, the set so nice and so, you know, good energy because it, it comes across on, your, on, on the camera very yeah, much so. Absolutely. Very much yeah. so. The, the cast is amazing. They're just all amazing individuals. Um, I got to talk to most of them while I was there. Best so, of yeah. luck. Thank you. All of you, because I mean, this was amazing. Um, you're welcome to come back anytime <laughs> together or something. Yeah, yeah. If we, we'd love to uh, present something that might be worth your time and your show and all that. So, but thank you so much for having us, Darren. Thank really you. Darren, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so yeah. much. You're welcome again. Um, and for anybody else, you can find me on Darren Jenkins 919. Um, I am Darren Jenkins. This was Drop the Mic. Please be sure to listen and subscribe wherever we are at. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Stitcher. We're everywhere. So hope you listen. Until next time, thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon.